The Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You can be seated. Grace and peace are yours from the triune God, whose eternal reign outlasts that of any tyrant or king. Amen. Are you the king of the Jews? In the gospel reading today, the dialogue between Pilate and Jesus takes place during a criminal trial proceeding. This question from Pilate is not a question asked in good faith or out of curiosity. It is part of a series of questions set out to trap Jesus a brutal cross-examination from a bloodthirsty, ruthless leader in a hostile court of law. At this point, Jesus, a brown man in an occupied land, has already been arrested the night before by police officers who restrained him, binding his hands. He has already been beaten, and suffered the indignity of police brutality. He has been through the first part of a sham trial where the religious elite, afraid of losing the position of power that they achieved by colluding with the Roman Empire, brought Jesus in front of a Roman court in order to pursue death by capital punishment, a state-sanctioned execution. This hearing before Pilate is another example of Jesus being railroaded in court, in a court that is set up to cast him as a criminal for resisting the evils of the Roman Empire. Pilate's question to Jesus is telling. He doesn't ask Jesus if he's the Messiah. Pilate has very little interest in that information. Pilate asks Jesus, if he is a king, a threat to the leadership and rule of the Roman Empire. We know that after this trial, Pilate will hand Jesus over to be crucified, a public execution, a lynching reserved for protesters and rabble-rousers and insurrectionists to remind other oppressed people 
of their place. Public executions like lynching and crucifixion are acts of terrorism. They are not only physical violence, but psychological warfare used against oppressed people in order to terrify them and keep them from fighting back, in order to maintain what the Roman Empire called Pax Romana, or the Roman peace. This was not the kind of true, deep peace, the kind that only comes with justice. Pax Romana was a kind of peace similar to what Martin Luther King Jr. called a negative peace, a so-called peace that is nothing more than repression and the silencing of dissent. In our own time, we hear similar coded dog whistles around safety and security with phrases like law and order. Today is a special day within the liturgical calendar, a day where we commemorate Christ the King. Christ the King Sunday, sometimes known as Reign of Christ Sunday, is a relatively recent holy day in the church calendar, established by Pope Pius XI in 1925 in response to the ever-increasing threat of the rise of fascism in Europe leading up to World War II. At the time, authoritarian leaders of fascist regimes were being lifted up as all-powerful demigods, and the Roman Catholic Church created this holy day in an attempt to reclaim power for the church as opposed to for the secular nation-state. Unfortunately, a Christian message of anti-fascism and anti-nationalism continues to be relevant as leaders vie for power in many countries around the world. It's tempting for some of us to think that after an election, that maybe the rise of fascism has receded, but the risk continues to be very real. There are government officials within our own country with documented ties to nationalist groups. Anti-Semitic hate crimes continue to rise. There are growing movements to suppress education and public school about the history of oppressive systems in our country. This weekend, we just commemorated the Trans Day of Remembrance, where we remembered the trans people murdered this year, and it was the highest year on record. Just this week, Nationalists have been emboldened by the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse, who killed two protesters in Kenosha and injured another while the police stood by. We see today in the Gospel of John attempts by the religious aristocracy and the local arm of the Roman Empire to categorize Jesus as a criminal in order to justify his execution. Fascism has historically used similar methods to repress those who resist its authoritarian power. Nazi Germany infamously cast the Jewish people and other targets of oppression as criminals and outsiders as a way to justify the atrocities against them, scapegoating them for Germany's problems. Tragically, ironically, these verses in John and verses like it have been twisted and used to cast blame 
on the Jewish people for killing Christ. A grave misuse of the text since Jesus was a Jewish person himself. And only the Roman Empire, the government, had the authority to crucify people. White nationalism in our own country operates much in the same way, assigning scapegoats, casting groups of people as criminals. In the United States, white supremacy and racialized corporate greed have successfully created what Michelle Alexander calls the new Jim Crow, a criminal underclass made up disproportionately of black and brown people through the racist processes of racial profiling, unequally applied laws, unequal sentencing, and more, in order to make blackness synonymous in the popular imagination with the word criminal so that prisons are justified in enslaving people of color for the benefit of corporations and the elite. The state, in Jesus' own time and in our own, continues to project the fear of threats of violence onto oppressed people via propaganda while claiming a monopoly on the right to do violence and harm to others in the name of law and order. And so today we remember Christ the King, a criminal on death row, a ruler unlike any other ruler, with power unlike any other power, and a borderless country with no walls keeping anybody out. What does it say? What message does it bring to us today that the God we worship this Sunday as king was a woolly-haired man of color sentenced to a criminal's death by empire? One thing it tells us is this. Fascism, white nationalism, is diametrically opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The kingship of Jesus Christ stands in strong opposition to death-dealing policies and systems. While fascism rules and wins over the mob with propaganda and attacks on the press, with suppression of free speech, Christ the King's power is rooted not in lies, but in the revealing of everlasting truth. While fascism wields violence and calls it keeping the peace, Christ the King, the Prince of Peace, stares down an empire, resisting it through militant, unrelenting nonviolence. While fascism operates through a toxic form of patriarchy and a motto of might makes right, Christ the King maintains compassion and a kind of gentle, creative, steadfast strength we often see reflected in women and femmes, a strength that no doubt Jesus learned sitting on his mother Mary's lap as she sang him lullabies like the Magnificat, with lyrics like, God has brought the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. While fascism casts minority groups as enemies of the state to be hunted down and eliminated, Christ the King takes on the flesh of a marginalized person in an occupied land 
in solidarity with the oppressed. And while fascism values quiet compliance, obedience, homogeny, Christ the King elevates subversive liberation for all people. This reign of Christ, this king, does not operate like the kings and presidents and dictators of this world. Christ's reign is a parody of oppressive kingship, shedding light on the limitations of rulers from any political party and reminding us that while we can work diligently as co-creators with God on building a new kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, our hope resides not in earthly leaders, but in the God of love and liberation and in God's eternal kingdom. Amen.